Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. I want you to notice something about these blessings that God gives to Israel. They're all very tangible. They're all very physical. They're all about the body, about the fruit of the womb. They're about the cattle. They're about the land itself. In fact, these aren't the only ones, these four verses. We're going to get further on, and we're going to see that the the blessings that God was going to give them was tied to obedience. If you do this, then I will do this. Those are called conditional promises. We know in the Word of God there are unconditional promises where God will tell, this is what I'm going to do no matter what. But there are times like this where they are conditional. If you do this, then I will do this. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob conducts a review of the beginning of chapter 28 in the book of Deuteronomy, which documents the blessings of God on the nation of Israel. These blessings were specific to those that diligently obeyed the voice of the Lord your God and were conditional to their obedience. Just as God provided their daily needs, Jesus, when he arrived, freely gave all spiritual blessings to those who came to him in need of a Savior. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. Let's see. If you could open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Last week, I attempted to get through chapter 27 and 28. Uh, They're very lengthy chapters, and it was a... um, Couldn't get through both chapters... But they really belong in one setting, in a sense, because chapter 27, going all the way through verse 29, verse 1, is actually Moses' third address. Third address to the children of Israel. Remember, they've come out of Egypt. They've been wandering around for 40 years. Now it's time to go into the promised land and to take possession of it, uh, taking God's promises uh, in hand and, and going forward now. And you remember that Moses is there in Moab, just to the east of the Jordan River, and he's rehearsing all of these things for them, reminding them of God's faithfulness all the time they were in Egypt, all the time that they were in in the desert, God reminding them of his faithfulness throughout their desert wanderings, and also telling them what's coming. And, And I love that because... That's what a shepherd does. And God is the perfect shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He may, he's the only good shepherd. He's the only good one. He's the best. He's Almighty God. And he tells us things in advance. Why? So that we won't be discouraged. Because if you're like me, we live in an uncertain world. And, and everything is changing. And sometimes things change a little too quickly for most. But God has told us sufficient to keep us grounded and to keep our hearts and minds on him because we know what's coming. 
He's already shared it with us. The minute details aren't important, but the big macro picture is all there for us. So we don't need to worry. And the same thing he did with the children of Israel, getting them into the promised land, warning them of things to come. And they needed to be warned. because, And they needed to be warned more than just once or twice or three times. Because God doesn't waste his breath. You'll notice in the Bible there's a lot of repetition. And repetition is there because we need the repetition. How often were you told to clean your room when you were young? Your parents would tell you, go clean your room five minutes later. Have you cleaned your room? No, clean your room. Ten minutes later, have you cleaned your room? Mom, have you cleaned your room yet? And so God is a faithful father. He knows what we're made of. And he needs to remind us often. And it also makes us accountable, doesn't it? When he reminds us, there's accountability baked into that as well. So here he is. And this is the third of four addresses that Moses will make. And, it's, and we've already looked at chapter 27 last week. And chapter 27 was basically just the six different tribes on one side of uh, the mountain, Mount Gerizim, and six other tribes of Israel on Mount Ebal. And the Levites were in the center, and the, the, those who had pronounced the blessing were on Mount Gerizim, and those six tribes on the Mount Ebal would pronounce the cursings. And so and finally now we get into chapter 28, and this is where it gets interesting because it talks about blessings on obedience, and there are blessings attached to obedience. And I, I know you know this because God has made it such. Whenever we obey God, there is a blessing attached to the obedience. And we know that the opposite is true, that when we disobey God, when we do our own thing and we, we say no God, there is always a consequence. There's always bitterness. In fact, disobedience is, is, is unbelief. It's, 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 it's rebellion against God. And he desires that we would be obedient because therein lies where the blessing is. And even if you don't understand it, and this is important, even if you don't understand what God has said, you don't understand the, the full implication of it, better to obey and figure it out later than to not obey. Just obey it, and you'll find the secret to that blessing. You'll find the truth, the secret to that truth. You'll notice in, verse, uh, in chapter 28, it's a fairly lengthy chapter. There's 68 uh, let me see, there's, uh, yeah, 68 verses, and it's quite a lengthy chapter. And the curses section, beginning in verse 15, going through the end of the chapter, is four times as long as the blessings. The blessings are really, really constitute verse 1 through verse 14. And again, perhaps the length of the curses was necessary. You know, there, there's, there's four times as much. <laughs> Because we need to hear it, and the children of Israel needed it. And the proof of it is in history itself, because history tells us that they did fail. And it wasn't just because they were Israel. You could have put any people group on the planet in their sandals, so to speak. Any people group. You could have put uh, even the Italians. You could put uh, Irish. You could put Italians. You could put, it doesn't matter what color your skin was, where you came from. If they were in the same exact situation, at some point they're messing up big time. And so God has to address them. And I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I tend to learn from stern warnings. I tend to learn from warnings because, does anybody here like pain? 
Do you like consequences for disobedience? I really don't. And God is such a good, good dad. He tells us, and he, he's like, you know, it's better to obey. Because when the curses come, they're just they're compounded on one another. And one lie begets another lie. And before you know, you're in such a mess, you don't even know how to get out. So God wants to bless each one of us. And we're going to see, as we read this chapter, chapter 28, we're going to see that this was actually enacted upon in the book of Joshua. After we finish this book, we're getting into the book of Joshua, and that's really a, in the very beginning of it, we see the children of Israel finally taking possession, going over the Jordan, finally defeating Jericho, and then getting a wounding at Ai, and then finally overcoming that. And then after that, Joshua, now that Moses has passed from the scene, he plasters the rocks and he puts the copy of the law on the stones, one stone on Mount Gerizim and another one on Mount Ebal, and they write the law on all these, these, these two stones plastered with lime. And we see that in Joshua chapter 8, specifically verses 30 through 35. So you can read that in conjunction. But now Moses is just telling them, this is what you're going to do when you get in. So it's not happening at this time, but he's telling them what they're going to do when they finally do get in. And again, we'll see that in Joshua 18. But let's go ahead and read it. It says, verse 1, Now it came to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you, and I love this, overtake you. Don't you like the idea of a blessing overtaking you? It's sort of like it's running after you, and it catches you, and it tackles you. It's sort of like a big, playful golden retriever. You know, you're running in the backyard, and he just he overtakes you, and he just pummels you into the ground and then licks your face. That's the way God's blessing is. He wants to come after you. He wants to overtake you with the blessing. I love the picture of that. It's just so friendly. It's so loving. It's so kind. And you'll notice in verse 3, this is what could be called a Beatitudes of the Old Testament because verses 3 through 6 really start with the word that we know so well, blessed. Blessed. In the New Testament, blessed means truly happy, truly blessed. And, And here, it's really no different. It says, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be the fruit of your, of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. I want you to notice something about these blessings that God gives to Israel. They're all very tangible. They're all very physical. They're all about the body, about the fruit of the womb. They're about the cattle. They're about the land itself. In fact, these aren't the only ones, these four verses. We're going to get further on, and we're going to see that the, that the blessings that God was going to give them was tied to obedience. If you do this, then I will do this. Those are called conditional promises. We know in the Word of God there are unconditional promises where God will tell, this is what I'm going to do no matter what. But there are times like this where they are conditional. If you do this, then I will do this. The blessing was tied to obedience. And we know that Israel wasn't obedient consistently. But their blessings were tied to the land, they were tied to the livestock, they were tied to the fruit of the womb for their heritage. And in fact, when I read verses 3 through 6, it reminds me, 
and open up to Matthew chapter 5, because we know that Matthew chapter 5 is the, where Jesus, on the sermon, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, and the Mount is right there in Israel. The Mount of Beatitudes, right there on the northwestern side of the Sea of Galilee. We go there when we go to Israel, and you'll sit on, that, on this mountain, on this hill, on the Galilee, and you'll read this passage if you go to the Israel trip. But notice, now Jesus, as he is speaking the Beatitudes here, he's speaking them to the church. And notice the difference in what the blessings are all about. They're about spiritual blessings. So if you think of it, Israel, he's giving the physical blessings of the land, etc., the livestock, all that. The blessings that God is giving to the church are spiritual blessings. It doesn't mean that the physical ones aren't going to be there, but notice the difference, and you'll see the, the difference very clearly. Look at with me at Matthew 5, verse 1. It says, Jesus, seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he had seated, his disciples came to him, and then he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit, that's something inside. It's not something tangible, is it? Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are small in their own sight, who don't look upon themselves as being really anything, recognizing their need for God. And I don't know about you, but I need God. I need Jesus Christ more than ever because the world we live in is getting more wicked as time goes on. But he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Mourning is something that's spiritual, isn't it? It's something that originates in the soul, in the heart, and comes out through tears. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Meek is somebody who has got a great amount of power, but is able to be bridled and reined in. The full potential of, like a horse and a bridle, that stallion that's huge, can just run over tractor trailers and decimate cars, especially those small Volkswagens. They can just run right over them, and yet with a bridle in a bit, you can hold that horse and, and keep it in line. That's the idea of meekness. It's great power under control. Blessed are the meek, not the weak, but the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Again, a spiritual blessing, for they shall be filled. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you really hunger and really desire for righteousness? Today, it's so important. Again, we're being so seduced by so many different forms of media and our, our, our minds and our hearts are getting so polluted, so clouded, so compromised. Think about the movies you listen or you, movies you watch and the music that you listen to, the entertainments that you allow in your home, the entertainments that you go out for. We can have fun as Christians, believe me. I've never had more fun than I, since I've been a Christian, but the fun is different, and, and it's without repentance. You know, it's without remorse. Because you can have fun drinking alcohol, but in the morning there's a big price to pay. Because there's all kinds of things that happen in the night that you don't remember. And sometimes you wake up next to it. (laughs) Sometimes you wake up on the floor in the bathroom. That sounds like a really good time. And the things that you've spoken to others, friends, family, that you wished you'd never even spoken. But do you hunger for righteousness? For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Are you pure in heart? Or have you found that your heart is being completely changed by the culture that we live in? 
it would be better for us to change the culture than for the culture to change us. And that's the impetus behind the gospel. It changes us so that we can change the world. Don't let it come in and take you over again. Put your guard up and hide behind the Lord Jesus. Be in the word often. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I like being a peacemaker. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely, notice, for my sake. Not evil against you because you've done something wrong, but evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you can see, when you look at those Beatitudes, they're spiritual in nature. You look at the, those... Four verses that we just read, verses 3 through 6 in chapter 28 there, they're very physical, tied to the land, tied to the livestock. And they're conditional, those promises for Israel. They're conditional. But let's go on in verse 7. It says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice, the Lord your God is giving you. Do you have any doubt that the land that I'm bringing you in, the Lord says to them? Do you have any doubt that these seven nations that are uh, formidable and, and, and they're scary, there's giants in the land... Do you doubt that I can bring you into that land and and cause you to dispossess those people and give you this land for yours as a possession? I can do it, he says. And the Lord, verse 9, will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. Notice, underline, I'm going to emphasize certain words, and I want you to uh, circle them, and this is one of them. If, (laughs) if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples, verse 10, shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. You know, even to this day, Israel is a formidable foe. For anyone who has had any dealings with Israel all throughout history, anyone who has come against Israel, ultimately that nation has been destroyed. Babylon. Rome. Greece. The Medes and the Persians. Even the attempts by uh, Islamic jihad, they're not making great gains at all. Anyone who has come against Israel has been torn in pieces. They'd better listen to the scripture because there's coming a, a battle in the future. Ezekiel tells us about it in Ezekiel 36 through 38, 37 and 38 and 39. There's a battle coming. And when that battle occurs, All the Islamic nations are going to come against, with the exception of a few, they're going to come against Israel, and God is going to intervene in such a way it's going to decimate their enemies. And Israel is going to take note. They're going to take note. Because right now they live in unbelief. They're wonderful people, but they're stubborn, and they're atheistic, without God, without Christ in the world. And yet they are God's people, and God will remain faithful to them for the promises that he has made to them. Then all the, um, verse 10, Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. They are right now. 
That's why Iran hasn't attacked them completely yet, because there's a hornet's nest in Israel. You attack Israel, you better have your act together, because uh, not, you've not only got Israel to deal with, which can handle itself pretty well by itself, thank you, but even the United States, we are allies with them. Verse 11, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Notice, physical blessings. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. So many promises God has given to the ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, all the way down. Promises, promises, promises. God reiterating those promises. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land. The land is mine, says the Lord, and I give it to whom I wish, he says. And he gave it to the Jews, and it belongs to them. And it's just about the size of Rhode Island. And yet, why is the world so uptight about the Temple Mount, the most hotly contested piece of real estate on the planet? Well, because three different world religions lay claim to that. Two of them are legitimate. One is not. (laughs) The Jews have right to that land, and so do Christians. But the Jews first. But Islam has no claim on Jerusalem. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. I like that. And boy, the Jewish people are some of the greatest bankers, some of the most brilliant minds in so many different uh, avenues of, uh, of life. You take physics, you take chemistry, you take uh, medicine, law, art, music. Some of the most gifted people, many of them are Jews. A blessed people. Verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head. Notice the continued blessing. He'll make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. Circle this word, if you heed the commandments of the Lord. There's the conditional promise. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. Verse 14, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you to this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Notice that word gods is lowercase. It's a lowercase g. It's different from Jehovah. Jehovah, all uppercase. Whenever you see G-O-D in all caps, that's Jehovah God. There's no one greater. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. They're not three separate. They are all one. God, Jehovah. But notice here in verse 14, don't go after other gods to serve them, lowercase g. See, any god other than Jehovah is a false god or a demon. Do you realize that? There are many people, world religions today, that are serving not a god so much as they're serving a demonic entity. And I'll prove it to you. Deuteronomy 32, verse 16 and 17 says this. It says, They provoke God, the Jews provoke God to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to God, but to gods, lowercase g, that they did not know. To new gods, new arrivals. They just showed up on the doorstep. New arrivals that your fathers did not fear. So these are demons. Anything other than Almighty God is nothing more than a demonic entity trying to win the heart of the worshiper because there's only one God. In Leviticus chapter 26, I would encourage you to 
look at in totality with chapter 28. Um, you can go to Leviticus 26 if you'd like. I'm just going to read down through the first 13 verses because if you look at Leviticus 26 and you compare it to, uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 28, you're going to see a lot of similarities. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.